0: Hello everyone and welcome to My Life in Minis. Uh, my name's John. I've, uh, I've been running heresyandheroes.com for a very long time and I thought it was about time I put together a podcast and that's what this is. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the uh, introduction episode, episode zero I suppose it is, um, what is My Life in Minis? Well, uh, every week over the course of a season of I'm hoping like 10 to 12 weekly episodes, I'm going to put together a a show that lasts about an hour, or an hour and a half, something like that, and we're going to talk to a hobbyist, uh, be they a a painter, a gamer, someone who considers themselves both, or or whatever part of the hobby they love, Uh, and we're going to talk to them about the miniatures that have been important in their lives, and uh, and also just have a chat, just chat to each other and, and find out what each other is doing and well more what the guests doing. I don't care what I'm doing. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm trying to do a podcast and this is this is my first time. So um, I hope you'll be gentle. I hope you'll be forgiving. I already have notes that I've made myself about things that I need to improve um, going forward. But yeah, th- that's that's what it is. And this week, uh, week one. Uh, I have to say a huge thank you to uh, Chris Bellew, who has agreed to be my guest, uh, Chris. Uh, I first encountered Chris, like a lot of people, um, when he was the painter in residence at Mini Wargaming. Um, since then, he he's, hasn't been with them for a while now, He's works for himself. Uh, and he has uh, a website and YouTube channel um, called The Way of the Brush. I think the YouTube channel is called Chris Ballou and, uh, and, and he has a website, uh, he has like episodes called the the brush. Um, and he's a lovely guy. He is, he's, he's, um, he's got one of the most peaceful, nice voices. Um, it's, it's, he's got that sort of voice that you, you'd like him to give you a lullaby before you go to bed. Um, but I'll tell you this right now, both of us, our voices were not at our best. Chris and I both, uh, sick as dogs right now um chris is chris isn't feeling great um so hopefully he'll hear this and it'll it'll cheer him up i have been suffering with i don't know what i've been suffering with i've had something uh i thought i thought it was a sinus infection because for so long now like every day i've been sticking one of those swabs up my nose to test it'll come back negative but I think my, my sinuses are getting a little bit annoyed about being jabbed and, and rubbed daily. Um, so I thought, I thought that's what it was. And then, and then I thought, I've probably got Omicron. And then I thought, well, no, maybe it's just a cold. Because I haven't had a cold in two years. I've been indoors. I've, you know, I, I've forgotten what a cold is like. And so I don't know what i've had but I've, I've i've been a I've been a hot snotty mess and uh as I record this on a Saturday afternoon i feel uh I feel aggrieved that I'm not in the pub having a pint uh instead, I am sipping lem sip out of my Bob ross mug because uh that is, that's, that's what life is right now. But it won't last long. I'm feeling better today than I was yesterday. I'm feeling better than, than when Chris and I sat down to record. And we had a really lovely conversation, which I hope you're going to enjoy. Um, now, the perp- one of the reasons I'm doing this, and I, I said this in the introduction episode, but I'll, I'll reiterate it here. It's because when I sit down to do my hobby, when I, when I get the paints and brushes out, I like to... Put some some music on, or I like to put a podcast on, or I like to put the radio on. And uh, I often find myself running out of stuff to listen to. Um, and I prefer listening than watching because if I'm watching something, I, you know, I have to um, like take my eyes off the miniature or something. Uh, I remember the, I foolishly once tried to watch Narcos while doing hobby, and while my Spanish is. Um, Okay, it's uh, it's definitely not good enough to, you know, get by without reading the subtitles. Uh, so yeah, I like listening to stuff, and and I run out of stuff, and I thought, well, why don't I give people, you know, an hour, hour and a half every week, um, where they can have something else to listen to while they're painting. So, uh, if if that's what you'd like to do, this might, and you haven't already sat down with your, your paints and your brushes and your miniatures, uh, this may be the, the point in time. Where you sit down and, um, uh, and and get all that ready, and then you know you can pause this and press play again, and and we'll we'll be your company for the next hour or so, and we have a lovely conversation about some some classic miniatures, some new miniatures, some things that have been revealed, um, and various other things as well. And I thought it was a really interesting conversation. Well, it's interesting to me. I mean, let me know what you think because it's just meant to be a chat. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not Michael Parkinson or David Frost by any means. Um, for a start, I don't have those trousers that seem to go halfway up your leg when you sit down that Michael Parkinson always used to have. If you don't know who Michael Parkinson is, that's a very funny reference. Um, but yes, uh, so anyway, that's, I'm looking at my notes. Um, I think, I think that's all I need to tell you really about what's going on. I can tell you what I've been doing this week. I have, uh, I was very lucky that Games Workshop sent out to me, um, preview copies of the Adeptus Custodes and Gene the Cults uh, codexes, which are awesome. And thank you, Games Workshop, for doing that. And uh, right now, if you go to heresyandheroes.com, there are lazy painter army lists. That's an article that I put out whenever I get one of these books because I'm a I'm a lazy painter, you know. And But I like playing games, and I, I don't like my armies to suck. I like them to be okay. And, and uh, I try and put together lists that will be fun to paint that will have very few miniatures involved and um so you can get it onto the tabletop quickly and you're not going to be overwhelmed by a massive gray tide of plastic and uh yeah i i had fun doing those the gene stealer one's really hard because nothing in the gene stealer box costs very much in terms of points and i always try and do a 2000 point army so that was that was that's not a small list that's not a small list but the custodius ones as you can imagine probably uh that's nice and small. So they are both up on heresyandheroes.com right now if you want to go and check those out. Uh what else? Uh I had a weird I had a weird experience, man. I uh I was I was scrolling through Instagram uh one night and I, I saw this this someone making a, a hobby base, and it looked really cool. It had this sort of bright orangey sort of tone to it, with green, greenery, and uh, black base rim, and little pebbles around it. And I looked at the image, and actually, this guy was sort of shaving something, you know, and the shavings falling down the base. So that was pretty cool. And then I realised it wasn't a base; it was an advert for a restaurant, and it was black truffle being shaved onto an aubergine. And I felt weird, but it did kind of look like a base, you know, for a miniature. So. um I put that on Twitter, and everyone—I mean, no one said you're completely mad. I mean, I know people think I'm slightly mad, but that's fine. Um, but then, what was more really mad is that I actually made a tutorial about how to recreate that black truffle aubergine dish in in the form of a base for your miniatures, and I think it looks kind of good. It's different. It's it's very forest floor-y. Um Yeah. So I've been doing that, and then I've been—I'm—I'm I'm really big into Age of Sigmar at the moment. Uh, I'm I'm almost done with my 2,000 points of Stormcast Eternals. I've got uh, in in Drasta on my desk at the moment, so she just needs the last little bits and pieces. But then I'm I'm already because I'm you know I'm a hobby magpie like many of us, and I'm already starting on the Putrid Blight Kings for my Maggotkin army, which are coming next. Um, but anyway, that's all I'm doing. Um, you can follow my exp- exploits if you care to. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, so. At Heresy Heroes. It's meant to be at Heresy and Heroes, but Twitter don't like ampersands. So when I put it in, I got at Heresy Heroes, which is fine. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm fine. Anyway, um, one note in this, and it's something that going forward you're probably going to encounter a lot with this podcast if you choose to continue to listen to it. Uh, there's a police siren somewhere in this recording of me and Chris. Um, Because I live in a part of Nottingham where there are a lot of police sirens. Or it might be an ambulance siren, I wasn't paying attention. Um, But yeah, from time to time, you'll hear a siren. It's on my end, don't panic. Um, And yeah, uh, I think that's it. Uh, Now I suppose I need need some intro music into the actual chat segment. And it is just a chat, it's it's about 55 minutes of me and Chris having a chat. And it should be fun. But anyway, uh, I need some music to go into it. I hate my intro music, but I made it, and it's free, so I'm sticking with it for the time being. But, um, yeah, I'll I'll find a noise. Have I got a xylophone? Let's find out if I have a xylophone. Um, and whatever weird sounds you hear next, I think it's going to be a xylophone. Um, But after you hear that sound, you'll hear me and Chris having a conversation, uh, and uh, I'll catch up with you when when Chris and I are done. So uh, I hope you enjoy, and uh, yeah,
1: here we go. How are you, anyway? I'm pretty good. Feeling a little bit under the weather currently, but that is uh, not bad at all.
0: No, I hope it's not the under the weather that everyone hates at the moment.
1: I i don't know it's possible yeah I, I, I haven't tested see i i
0: would test but i've been testing so much i've given myself a sinus infection by sticking the things up my nose mm-hmm. every day so um yeah that's that's a fun way to start off a podcast yeah, well, um yeah sure you know. so, so we're, we're both ill but we're, we're we're struggling through that's the important thing um so uh yeah um uh chris i uh thank you very much for joining us on this um you're you're the first one you're the first person to oh, really? actually I've got a few more people booked in but you're the first person I'm actually speaking to so we're going to see how this works so uh as you know we're talking about your life in miniatures and and you are a much storied miniature painter um who I've been aware of for many a year and uh you you told me that uh you're your first love of the game, your number one in terms of the the miniatures that uh, got you into the game was Space Hulk from 1988. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to do like um, model cars, Starship, Star Trek, stuff like that. Nice. And, um, you know, it was um, my cousins were playing Rogue Trader and they had their little table set up. They had all this terrain, they had all the figures, you know painted to whatever degree i don't recall how good they were it doesn't really matter at this point okay. and you know they had this little table set up and they were gaming and i was fascinated by this and they were my older cousins so i was you know i looked up to them because you know they're older cooler kids right yeah they're yeah. only like a year or two older than me but at the time i mean when i was 88 i was approaching 13 so yeah and uh yeah, after that, I was inspired by that, and you know, I continued to do you know modeling and stuff like that. And then I I was passing a, a store in a mall, and it was a hobby shop, and I saw the um, Space Hulk box, and it immediately grabbed me because yeah. I was a big fan of Aliens, the movie. Right. So oh, cool. And that was space marines in hallways fighting monsters charging at them, right? And that's essentially what Space Hulk is, right? It's yeah, aliens yeah. And movie. So yeah, it started right from there and then you know the rest nice. is history. Were you were you more tempted by the Terminators or the Gene Steelers? Um I, unfortunately it's one of those things of I really, really like the imagery of right. everything. And then when I opened up the box, the Terminators just were not. Yeah, you know, they just weren't. They they didn't look exactly like the box art. The Gene Sealers did, because the one Gene Sealer that's closest to the Terminator in that art piece, he is. It, you could take that one model and turn him at, at that same perspective, and he looks exactly the same.
2: Yeah, that's and so true. I was,
1: and I was like, why does he look so close to the artwork, and yet, you know, Mister Robot Man? Uh, isn't and mm. you know I was but I mean it's not like it, it it I mean it was minor it didn't even phase me in the grand no no snowballing effect of all this and you know
0: yeah, yeah. I, I picked up a, a copy of Tyranid Attack um a little while ago and I, I looked I opened it up and those Terminators with the, they're very round lots of very round bits to them and uh, round bolters and round everything and but the gene dealer one, i was looking at the gene stealer range recently. Actually, the gene dealer cults range, and I just thought probably the worst-looking thing in it are the gene stealers. But those genes—they're only worse because of the fact that they've been around for so long. Those yeah. seals. and obviously this is this is a well, one generation or two generations of genes after that 1988 one. But they haven't yeah. had many readings. No. And, and actually, you can look at some of those really old ones now and. They wouldn't look terribly out of place, would they?
1: It's, uh, no, oh, yeah. not at all. They, you'd, ha- you'd have like fifty of them all in the same pose, but
0: you yeah, know, Oh, yeah, of course. But I mean, yeah, it still works. I mean those those ones that are available now, I think they still look um, they still look great. Uh, Maybe but- it's for all
1: the fans out there that are waiting for rank and file forty k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just line all your gene stealers up in a big block, and then just move your big gene stealer block around on the board.
0: Oh, that would be terrifying. Can you imagine <laughs> the, like if they if they ever brought Tyranids into like old fantasy Warhammer? Just like yeah. a, a unit of 30 gene Sealers just wheeling about. Wow. I, I
1: used to like the idea that the world of Warhammer, uh the fantasy battle world, uh occupied a corner of the Imperium. Yeah. I always liked yeah. that idea. And so that kind of opened up your possibilities if you really wanted tyranids in your fantasy battle you yes, could yeah you could
0: yes <laughs> uh i know i think i think it's one of those ones that's since been debunked but still doesn't explain that chaos warrior holding a bolter on, on the yeah, cover of or, that
1: book so or in the old um slaves of darkness and rogue trader or um uh what is it the uh slaves of darkness and uh yeah, um awesome the damned, damned yeah anyway um the old chaos warriors You could roll on the fantasy table, and there was a plasma gun. Oh yeah, in (laughs) in the table. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that confirms it then.
0: um, (laughs) (laughs) But you, so, I mean, how long did it take you to get from Space Hulk into enjoying sort of the wider Warhammer forty thousand setting?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I had read front to back, many times over the the leaflet information that is in Space Hulk. And, you know, I mean, like, it's all sounded really cool. Uh, In my youth, I was not really doing a lot of reading. Uh, You know, it was a lot of movies and stuff like that would influence my imagination and other artwork, and especially, you know, within Games Workshop. And um, it wasn't until about, I think, 89, 90, I went on a trip to Florida, and I visited a hobby shop. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen uh space Hulk. they had space Hulk, and they had miniatures and you know i was like oh wow look, there's more stuff there's more Jesus and there was an expansion to space Hulk, and i was like oh i had no idea this even existed mm. i got really really excited and then i seen the rogue trader and i remember the reference i started flipping through it and i remember the reference for blood angels and being space marines in tactical tournament or tactical dreadnought armor yeah yeah and Yeah, I picked up the Rogue Trader, and oh, man, this is, oh, there's more stuff in here. There's more information, and this is a game, and it's, you know, it's like, wow. And so, yeah, yeah, it pretty much started. I don't know if that's 89, 90. It's somewhere around there that I found the Rogue Trader book. Yeah, and did you, were you, uh, back
0: then, were you more interested in playing it or painting it?
1: Um, Both. I've I've often considered myself very um, neutral, middle of the road. Um as far as my experiences with this hobby, I I love gaming. I even have gamed competitively in you know a lot of this games workshop stuff. Uh um, okay. painting, you know, I've I enjoy painting a lot. Uh I've even entered competitions, you know, Crystal Brush, Golden Demon, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've I've hit both extremes, but I still find myself very in the middle of the road. I don't consider myself uh, solely a miniature painter. I don't consider myself uh, a war gamer. I'm whatever okay. that is in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean,
0: I have seen you play things online before, but I've always considered you to be the uh, one of the masters of the brush. Um, so that's uh, as, as you do, of course, have the way of the brush. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, Okay, so a little later on, um, I presume you, you, this is where you discovered the, the what I what, uh, what I imagine is the love of your hobby life, which are the Eldar, because um, you also mentioned to me the the classic Eldar Farsi. Now, yeah, can you narrow that down for it? Like, which which of the many classic Eldar farses? Uh, it, it,
1: it's the Rogue Trader era farce. Here. It's the one with the big. Guys, he's got no doodads hanging off his helmet or anything like that it's just a perfectly cone shaped helmet with lots of little gemstone details yeah he has one hand that looks like it's grabbing a rune and his other hand is pointing and yeah it's that that classic one yeah that's it's probably one of my favorites um in fact i i kind of hope that they do something like that in the future that give would be a, cool wouldn't it yeah yeah give us some throwback because it seems like in the last couple of years they've been dipping back into the well of original ideas and yeah I, I wholeheartedly approve of that do you want do you think they should bring back the
0: yin yang symbol that they used to use on nearly all um all elder stuff from from way back when
1: yeah i i never really understood why they used the yin yang um I mean nice. other than it just looked kind of cool but Probably. like th- there's there's a lot of like iconic uh, iconic i iconi- oh mean i can't expect the icons from back in the day that are very inspired from other icons oh, of course know, yeah yeah history Definitely. and everything like that mm. uh, but as far as like why there's that yin yang on tanks and stuff like that i don't know i mean yeah. even um even the uh ten. The green ones with yeah. the thorn. they the thorns. They have hearts. Yes, they well, do. They have yeah. hearts, you know. And I was like, hearts, like what the? Come on.
0: Like, I know hearts and thorns. That's, hearts uh, and
1: thorns. I think so someone
0: probably a... went through a breakup just before they started making that color scheme up.
1: That... Somebody was emo before it was emo.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't I... the heart also on fire, or is that a different one? I, I, I forget now. I no, However
1: dark elves in fantasy oh there you they go that's that. what i'm thinking of
0: yeah yeah All right. yeah yeah a, a lot of heartbreak anyway um
1: but like back in the rogue trader day um i was collecting like pretty much everything back then mm-hmm. and my eldar force actually was altioc because i like the color scheme and it looked really cool and back yeah. in the Rogue trader when they were they were the blue with the black and black stripes on the helmet they yes were, yeah. they were flip-flop between like being a corsair and Altium. Yes. That's and right yeah and so like I was you know I, I saw the book I seen the color scheme I liked the color scheme so I painted my models that way and you know mm. um, my models were all painted pretty much how you see in the codexes and the rule books and the white dwarves and stuff like that I yeah. I did not deviate from color schemes you know um, I didn't really bother making up my own color schemes it wasn't and I don't even know when I started thinking you know what I'm going to paint this my way i have no idea when that happened
0: no it is definitely a moment though isn't it when you're when you're in the hobby and you just suddenly go no i'm gonna do it my own way i'm gonna this is this is gonna be my thing i'm not gonna listen to anyone else now they did it and yeah yeah I,
1: i i wish that there was it was like um some sort of evolutionary step in a yes. Wargamer miniature painter's, you know, life cycle that, yes, here we're about two months in, you're going to pick up, you know, dry brushing by about a year in, you're going to start doing glazing and blending and, you know, oh,
0: wouldn't that be reading
1: the rules and reading actually the lore in the rule books rather yeah. than just simply the rules. Right. And, you know, you kind of wish that would read these logical little steps in.
0: Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. <laughs> or, or it could be like Pokemon. And every time like you get a new skill, you sort of evolve and, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch a lot of Pokemon. I, I my son watched a lot of Digimon.
0: All right, okay. I, I have I have no. I mean, I I play the Pokemon games because you know if <laughs> if you ever need to kill a four-hour train journey, a, a good Pokemon game is is always a winner. Um, now when when I was talking to you about doing this, so we'll get back to your Eldar in a bit because um. Oh, I want to talk about Eldar the whole time. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> You're going to have to permit me a moment or two at this because something you said to me when I was asking you about doing this podcast that really sort of um, got me interested was you, you said you you give a lot of models away to friends and you paint a lot and, and give them away. Are there any particular examples of models you paint to friends and why you chose to give them away that uh, that you could tell us about?
1: Uh, well, it was really way back in the day when I was first starting on this, um, there was like a lot of conversions. My mother would, you know, um, put them up on a little shelf and, you know, just little knickknackies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A lot of my friends uh, would, you know, ask me to paint their figures. And then so they would buy the model, hand it to me. I would paint it kind of like a commission, but not really because we were all having fun. They were sitting there, you know, talking away while I was painting it anyway. Yeah, yeah. and Just give it back to them or, you know, I would buy a model find that I really didn't like how it worked in the army or, you know, something gamey like that. And then just, yeah, here you can have it, you know, okay. uh, th- thud gun. You can have a thud gun. Go ahead. You know?
0: Uh, hey, not, not heard <laughs> many people talk about a thud gun for quite a while. So yeah. It's, uh...
1: Yeah. Uh, but, uh, recently I think I kind of want to get back into that kind of spirit, um, especially because, well, I have a lot of crap in my office and mm-hmm. it's piling up and there's yep. no stopping it and yep. i so have I'm, i have a
0: similar problem
1: yeah I yeah. About it. yeah and i'm thinking that i'm probably going to start just giving stuff away every once in a while yeah. um the uh big dragon boy for the age of sigmar uh i think he'll, he'll be the first one in that spirit of periodically giving stuff away so oh nice okay. yeah uh, just, you know, stuff that, like, you know, just one-offs. Like, I have, man, on my desk, I have a whole bunch of models here. Like, I don't know what to do with their one-offs. You know, sometimes it's uh, promotional stuff. Sometimes it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's friends sending me stuff. And, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, some of them I may never get to. And I'm like, I want to get to it, but I don't want to. You know? Mm-hmm. And, well, not how that I don't want to, but, like, I may not be able to, right?
0: How do you get – see, this is the thing that is troubling me at the moment, is I've got so much stuff that i i have that i want to do that i don't have that i want to do and that i have and that i'll probably never will do even though i do kind of want to do it and i'm just i'm getting to the point where i'm like i'm gonna have to retire like the only <laughs> way I, I either have to win the lottery or retire because how am i gonna paint all of this is there's, there's, there's no time can i or, or invent a time machine that's yeah the other option
1: I I honestly, I have no really good answers for that. No. Um, I don't think anyone does, unfortunately. Well, I th- I think really what it is, is if we can't find an answer to the question, then maybe we're asking the wrong question. And so maybe we have to re-examine the way we, we look at these big, quote-unquote, piles of shame. Yeah. Now, recently, in the last pff, couple of years or so, I... um have come to realize that the pile of shame is kind of false because okay. that's implying that you regret your purchase even though at the time of purchase you were very excited you were very happy the world was your oyster so to speak there was many roads in front of you and then now it's going to sit on your shelf okay that's fine you know yeah, this yeah. is a hobby so you can get to it when you get to it. It'll be there. It's plastic. It's not going to rot. It doesn't have a shelf life. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, not in any scales that you know affect humans anyway. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, and really, that's what it is. I think it's a shift in mentality that this idea of shame that you need to get rid of this pile of shame. And I don't. And I don't think that is a very good attitude to push forward, especially to newer people, especially with people who. Have um, more resources to dedicate towards building, you know, a, a stockpile of things and projects that they want to get to. Yeah, because you know, I, I look at my pile and I'm like, because I have like a whole bunch of Bandai kits from Star, mm. uh, Bandai Star Wars. Oh, nice. And I mean, I bought a whole bunch of those all at once, and they're still all sitting in boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. got I've got a few of them put together, but I still have the full intention to get to them. I'm yeah. not getting rid of them. They're not going into garbage. They're not being resold. They're not anything. I'm hanging on to those. Hell, they're going to put them in the coffin with me.
0: <laughs>
1: nice. Well, I mean,
0: I, I I know. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Star Wars, when I saw that um, Chewbacca and a load of Wookiees had been released for Star Wars Legion, it was like, well, I'm pretty much half Wookiee anyway, so I need to get there. <laughs> So I bought them and they've just been sat there. And the job of Chewbacca now is currently whenever I'm taking a photo of a miniature and I want to lift it up a little bit so it's closer to my light, the box with Chewbacca in it sits underneath everything that I photograph. So that's his job at the moment. But one day, because I'd love love to play with Chewbacca and some Wookiees and, you know, yes, I'll make the sound effects. No, I won't do it now. Um, Can you do the sound effects? yeah well that's the because there's different wookie sound effects that's the sort of like the lamenting <laughs> one but then there's the sort of stuff yeah. as well you know that's uh i apologize to anyone listening to this through earphones who just got a wookie in the ear. um but uh but yeah i've got that and i've said to people because i know uh, you know another problem everyone has is that sort of motivational issue where um people say oh i, I just haven't had the you know, I can't find the will to paint or anything. And I always say, to them, well, don't like, put it down. Plastic doesn't yeah. go off. You're right. It's, it's, it's not going to expire. And yeah, just get to it when you can, but yes, yeah. it's, it, it but, is. Like you say, I, th- I think that's a really nice way of putting it. That it's, we should be asking that different question.
1: Yeah. Because if we can't find an answer to that question and we've tried somewhat, yeah, yeah. then we're asking the wrong question. All right. Okay.
0: Um, Oh, okay, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a different question. Oh, I'm going to ask you to tell me about your Phantom Titan. My
1: my baby. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, you didn't mention this to me, but I knew when I when I thought, I'm talking to Chris about miniatures. I've got to bring up the Phantom Titan because, well, first of all, in context, how how many points? Because it's you do. Is it Sympan or is it your own Craft world uh, that you that you have an Eldar army? a large Elder Army for? Uh, mine Samhan. Yeah, okay.
1: The red ones, yeah. So yeah. I painted him Samhan-ish, Yeah. even though there's like no really kind of strict, especially if you're following the old... Eldar rules, as far as like you know, the clans and everything like that, as far as like the titans are concerned, yeah. But I painted him up Samhan. I got a bunch of Samhan logos all over him. I even did some custom uh alterations to him. I added like um the uh, armor plates to the hips and the groin. I also swapped out his shoulder gun, it was like it looked like like a flamer barrel or a milk barrel. And I made that uh the old uh pewter prism cannon, so it's a crystal with a little emitter, Yeah, 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 so. Uh, Because it was, uh, somebody had the little rule book on Titans. It was a fan made thing for apocalypse Mm. games early in apocalypse. And it was for all the bringing in all those armor cast vehicles. So like all the orc stuff, Eldar space Marines. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I altered my phantom to align with that because at the time there was no official rules for a phantom Titan and, Mm -hmm. you know, um the Phantom titan was something that i always wanted even way back in the day mm. um just because it was so cool but i mean spending like 100 and something on a model back then early 90s mm-hmm. that was crazy talk yeah yep. crazy like T- totally yes yeah so yeah but um my baby yeah whenever we, we travel i take him on the road for a game or whatever uh i, I seat belt him in i was going to ask
0: if you got a little child carrier seat for him i
1: i When I when my kids were still small, Mm. uh, he would ride in the little booster seat. Um, (laughs) But otherwise, yeah. So, so including the
0: Titan, how many points of of the Red Eldar do you have now, or is, Um, we should say?
1: I don't actually know. It's close to about ten thousand, I believe.
0: That's not bad. It's just, yeah was pretty good but
1: but i mean like that kind of always fluctuates because they can change the values of like titans and flyers because i have a lot of flyers as well i love eldar flyers they're yeah. just so pretty to me when they did that Aeronautica imperialis uh with the eldar and space Marines, i yeah, knew yeah, okay. I, games workshop was going to get my money i knew it and yeah, yeah. i had to buy the box and um yeah i mean the phoenix bombers night wings uh i even have a vampire i have the uh, vampire hunter
0: wow uh, yeah, yeah. Don't see many of those around these days.
1: No, and I um, on my blog I showed how I did like the flying stands because at the time there was no really good flying stands, mm. and the flying stands when they started coming out um, both because I, I slowly purchased up the Nightwings and the Phoenix Bombers because I have four bombers and I have three Nightwings, nice, and but they don't accommodate very well a uh, flying stem. they have like that little hole remember in like a lot of models where they take the flying stem
0: yes yes uh, they have uh, a
1: tiny little hole mm-hmm. and that's what's in these flyers even the vampire the tiny little <laughs> hole you know what i mean it's like a, yeah. like a base that's that's a like it's ridiculous oh, it did not yeah. make sense so um and i didn't care for the um the, the stand when the valkyrie first came out. Remember, it was that uh, cross diagonal type of flying stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strong; could take a lot of weight, but aesthetically wasn't very pleasing.
0: No, it was. I think that stand definitely came about from just needing something solid and stable, and yeah, yeah. So your your plane isn't going to fall over. But I know what you mean, and and uh, just yeah,
1: painting and so so basically all I did was magnetize the top of the stand with mm-hmm. green stuff, just secured it. I basically hollowed out a point in the top of the stand, put the magnet in place, secured it with green stuff, made a, a point for magnet on the flyer. And then the flyers, uh, like my feet, my bombers and fighters, or no, my, just my bombers are on the flying stands. My, my night wings are on acrylic rods at varying okay. lengths. So yeah, that when you yeah. have them all together, they are at different elevations. And, nice. Because like, that matters to me. No, it <laughs> matters, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Because it's got to look pretty on the battlefield, right? So, of course, they're you know, yeah. all about being really flash on the battlefield. So, you know, and indeed, indeed, I, I, I kind of subscribe to it myself,
0: but yeah, well, of course. I mean, yes, don't we all?
1: Um, <laughs> and then, so yeah, the vampire I, I put on a one inch acrylic rod and I thought that would be strong enough. And I basically put two pins in it with a magnet, and that holds my uh, vampire in place, and it's pretty secure.
0: Wow. that well, it sounds secure. That's, that's very well done. That's almost... I did see someone uh, at Warhammer World uh, a couple of years ago who brought their their Tau Manta that they had put on a flying base. Um, it was three... I, I'd say they are about an inch and a half in diameter acrylic rods holding it up, and it looked like a very weighted base because, um, I mean, well done them for trying to make that thing fly. Um,
1: yeah. That's... Yeah. That's bravery, right there.
0: Yeah, definitely bravery.
1: And um, that's a that's a house payment. You're just teetering on a on <laughs> <public>. <laughs> yes. That's that's
0: a small secondhand car that could yeah, very easily yeah. smash into pieces if, if someone breathes at it in the wrong way. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, I mean, um, as we're speaking, um, we've just had some Eldari reveals um, that have that have appeared on Warhammer community. So uh, we've seen the jet bikes and the rangers and uh the new autark i think um yeah. am i missing anything oh well there's there's oh. been hints at a couple of oh, the guardians oh the guardians there you go yeah, the and guardians. there's there's that video which may or may not include i mean i think we all pretty much know what one of the things is but i yeah. think we're all hoping what another thing is as well
1: oh two of them mugen ra and the avatar
0: yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. uh yeah no sir so am i they look incredible but yeah out of those out of that new batch that we've seen in full what's the first thing that's going to get added to your Elder Army out of that lot? Probably the Avatar, oh, I mean, the Avatar you know, I'll probably
1: buy a bunch of it, uh, whatever you know, resources I have at the time, yeah. whenever this stuff does drop, I don't even, I have no idea when, I would assume probably uh, early summer, hmm. late spring I'd imagine was when this stuff comes out if at you know, if at yeah. all whatever
2: well, but, I mean, who knows?
1: yeah, um, but as far as the uh, the figures which ones will get first it's probably the avatar the avatar especially if it looks really really cool yeah i'm hoping it's like a similar size as like the uh, sylvaneth tree duders. oh yeah 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 Yeah. because whenever i've seen those models i've thought you know what that'd make a good avatar conversion yeah i hope this avatar is similar stature i have a four-year-old one but Mm -hmm. i still would get the
0: plastic well, yeah. I mean, I had. I mean, I don't have it anymore. It got sold in a car boot sale a long time ago. But the the, the one that is available in a, a clamshell these days, I had the metal version when I was a, a kid. Yeah. And it's just been. It has been really sad to just watch it. Just sit there and like it's meant to be the biggest, baddest war god of the Eldar. And yes, it's, it's just sort of it's gotten smaller and smaller. It seems, and you know everything else gets bigger around it. Yeah. And uh yeah, and especially the Forge World ones, because there were two different Forge World ones, weren't there? And mm-hmm. they looked amazing. And then um and then you get the, uh, the the Inari stuff that came out and um then the Catan get the void dragon and everything else. And it's just this poor little fine cast avatar <laughs> that's just been sat there in its clam yeah, pack. It yeah, about the size of a primary space marine these days. And um yeah could be but, worse could
1: be the one from the Rogue Trader. Yeah. <laughs> well, even was, smaller fellow.
0: Yes. That that would be about the, that would not even be the size of an Eldari Guardian um yeah. at the moment. But yeah. And
1: then to really blow people's mind get the uh epic version. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and have that little epic version on the tabletop as your avatar. Same rules. Same oh, rules, yeah. but different model size. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, speaking of
0: Epic, I mean, see, that's where if we're talking cool phantom Titans. Do you remember the one that always used to get shown off? That was sort of like metallic purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh. I,
1: I have that painting guide.
0: Oh, um, very nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'm quite jealous then. Uh, not that I, 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 I,
1: I, if it was close by I'd, I'd show you real fast but
0: no that's no, all right it's all right because uh, I, I don't need to be tempted by another thing to try and paint especially not a retro thing and i, I the idea of going onto ebay and trying to buy a, a phantom titan i imagine they're quite pricey these days
1: um, well, i'll tell you a little secret i'll tell you a little secret okay Shh, go on, go on. all right all right don't tell anybody now okay what i have been reacquiring uh, a lot of my old possessions as far as like what i had back in the day yeah yeah Just nostalgia kicking in old yeah. age whatever it is mm-hmm. so i've been buying up these old painting guides and i picked up the old Citadel the painting Citadel miniatures one i painted up uh, i picked up the old space marine one that came into box mm-hmm. set. yeah 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 uh even the red one the uh, the heavy metal book I can't remember what the heck it's. I think it's just mm. heavy metal, heavy metal or whatever. But yeah, and those were some of the big ones. Oh, and then the War Game terrains one, it was it had a red uh, book to it. Um, yeah. yeah, just some of those books. Uh, mainly because some of the time, some of them they develop feet and walk away. Sometimes people, um, you know, yeah, ruin yeah, them. Yeah, you know. So and I oh and the other one was uh, I had picked up the compendium. Like I had lost the compendium, not a compendium, compilation, a long time ago. Right. I, I reacquired it. Nice. But the one I had, I know it was destroyed because basically I had punched three hole punched it so it could fit in a binder, so I could flip through my rules and everything. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't remember what happened. I think maybe when I sold my Eldar back then, I mm-hmm. probably gave them the rules for it. But yeah, yeah. I see.
0: I yes. I also recently found a really old painting guide, but it was it's one of my favorites just because uh, it makes me laugh every time I see it. It was it came out around. Uh, when I was 11, so second edition, Warhammer 40,000, but it was, um, I can't remember, was that fourth edition fantasy or fifth edition, something like that. Mm. Um, And it had a high elf, it was how to paint a high elf spearman from the box. Uh, And it was undercoat white. So are four pictures, right? It's just four pictures in this guide. Undercoat white. Then in picture two, it's blocking the metal... With using bolt gun metal and some uh, some of the flesh shade, uh, so to block in the face, and then the next one is cover it all with wash, <laughs> and then the fourth one have a perfectly painted heavy metal standard high elf spearman. That was that was the guide. That yeah. was uh, <laughs> and, it's really uh, helpful, right? I've been trying to do that for years. I mean, I get to that point, <laughs> where I put the wash on, and I think, well, come on, then what's yeah. <laughs> do <laughs> My the thing. thing. Yeah, do the thing. Get better. <laughs> <laughs> do the uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. But it never does. But anyway, we live in hope. Um now I I'm, I'm um with this podcast, I like to try and do a, a little bit of equal time um for, for everything. Um and so I did ask you about other game systems and miniatures that you've liked and admired. Um I'm interested because I I always find this telling when people have played War Machine and Hordes, which, did you go with the elf-like guys, the ghosts of, no, you didn't? Okay, what was your your Warmer Hordes faction?
1: Um, Basically because the elves, uh, the the gaming group around here at the time, um, was pretty well taken up. Everybody played Kador or Signar or um, Retribution. Yeah, Uh, You know, everybody, all the big gamey uh factions there was already plenty of play- players with mm-hmm. and so i was like well i want to do something different because i always like doing things different i don't like you know beating to the same drum uh, i like to see what else is available and what else you know it's where you can really find things out right yeah and so i went merc and, okay all right and so uh drake mcbain he's my warcaster. oh yeah, uh, wow. Yeah, so and I had I had some pretty good wins with him because there's some pretty tricksy plays you can do with just all mercs, mm. and um, they're they're not great or anything like that. Like one of the best ones is during Drake's feet, uh, I would have uh, uh, Alexia uh, with a full retinue of her undead zombies. Oh yes. yeah. So basically, what I like here's here's roughly what I would do with mercs. I'd have two squads of halberdiers or one big one, but it was usually two. They'd be up front with Alexia behind and uh, Drake close, following close behind. The halberdiers would charge forward, tie the line up, then get beat up. As bodies are falling from them and from my guys, Alexia is building up tokens. Uh, I see what this <laughs> is. Yes. Yeah. And then, so whatever was left, we move up. Alexia deploys more undead within her zone. So they actually get like nine inches ahead of her mm-hmm. as they deploy in. And then on my feet turn, I would uh, assign basically who's indestructible uh, for a turn. And I think it was like how many, uh, how much force I had and plus I think three. So I think it was like max of like six or seven I could have fully protected. So like Drake, Alexia, and a couple of the thralls. And then I would do another one called countermeasures from Drake. And basically within five inches around each of those little um, figures, no ranged attacks could be made. And so you'd have to you would basically force all your opponents out of the zone. Uh, Trying right, to shoot yes. you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it, it would really mess with, I was about to say a bad word, it would really mess with Signar <laughs> yeah, bad players. Bad, yeah, <laughs> <right>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Signar, uh, really, really bad. Kador, I always had a hard time against Kador just because they're so beady. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're, yeah. That's um, what I meant. Uh, yeah.
1: Kador, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you look yeah. like a Kador guy.
0: Thank you, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I should be wearing bare skin and yes, yeah, something like that
1: <laughs> yeah I'm I'm always for uh, getting paid <laughs> yeah well there you go there you go see that's what I mean there's something about
0: War well, Machine Hordes you find out more about a person when you find out who they play you know it's, whenever you meet anyone who plays as Menoth you're like ooh bit dodgy it's yeah a... <laughs> <laughs> my son played Menoth oh there you go he's yeah. a religious zealot in the family yeah. he, <laughs> and he's dodgy <laughs> yeah,
2: there
0: you go. <laughs> sermonizing all the time, yes. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. And then, okay, so that, that that's probably good enough for equal time. There's probably a lot of people listening. Well, I, I say a lot of people, like I know a lot of people are going to listen to this. It might be you and me talking to like four people. So I don't huh. know.
1: I don't I'm know who's that.
0: But um, yeah, there's I'm probably used a lot. nobody listening. Yeah, there's probably there's I four have kids. People.
1: Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Nobody listens to me. I'm married with kids. Nobody listens to me.
0: No. Oh, I'm sure they do. Okay, so the the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about um is a project that I think you I I have you you might have just about finished it or I think maybe you're almost almost at the end of it, which is your McFarlane Toys Hellblaster. Oh, yeah, he's done. Oh, he's done. He's, he's all complete. Are you going to? Well, yeah. You uh, don't have to show him to. Yeah. This, okay. is, yeah, this
1: isn't show and tell. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. no. I, I can just sit here and go, oh, it's lovely. And everyone yeah, I mean, like has to believe it, me. It,
1: uh, he's on my Instagram. So, yeah, there you go. The and I think I did a showcase video of him as well for my YouTube. Yeah,
0: you, I'm um, sure. All right. OK. So I didn't see the showcase of him yet. But um, yeah,
1: the, you know, the little spinny, twirly 360. Yeah, yeah. Kind
0: oh, of, yeah. OK. No, the last thing I saw, you were doing the gun, I think yeah um, so yeah i mean tell me about so there's a couple of questions about that project firstly i suppose is the scale uh what's it like scaling up especially working on a space marine we think of heroic scale 28 mil plus whatever it is now what's yeah, it like doing I, something that big
1: i well because like i started in scale modeling so i'm i'm of the mindset that uh it, surfaces don't really need that much highlighting because natural ambient light's going to create those uh definitions on a surface anyway right
2: yeah yeah
1: and like it only work it only looks really cool for photographs you know when it, when you go through the trouble of creating all those gradients of color yeah and but on scale modeling like even in scale model competitions there's not a lot of painting it's really more about how small a detail and how precise you can make a detail as opposed to how the color gradient is because scale modeling, isn't about, um, um, faked light sourcing, which is what we do in wargaming. We fake the light sourcing a lot of times. Right. Yeah. And scale modeling, that's not the case. You just slap that color down and the ambient light, uh, gives you your definition. And as long as you can lay it down smooth, even, and you know, no brushstrokes and, be very precise in all the little details you know like a car handle door and you know things like that right now uh the space marine um i did not use any typical wargaming paints for it i used tamaya paints yeah uh the acrylic line uh just because uh i find that they're more durable this is an action figure i do plan on actually playing with it not that i'm like a little kid here going yeah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) although i kind of am but uh, it's really more for it's really more for pictures and such, right? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the marine himself, uh, he's kind of a made up chapter I made up, which is based off my own culture, which is mm. I'm uh, Ojibwe, Native American. Yeah. Uh, specifically, I'm Ojibwe, but to be even the most correct, I'm Anishinaabe. That's what we call ourselves. And right. so he's basically the sci-fi version of that. Right? What if there was, you know, these Native American type of Ojibways in the forty-first millennium as space yeah. rings, and you know, just playing with an idea. And it's really, a, it's really hilarious how resistant some people are to these kinds of concepts.
0: So I was. This is what I wanted to is ask really, you about. Really, really concerning. Yeah, have you have you actually experienced pushback on it, and and from people saying, oh, you can't have a Native American space marine" or something like that, or what was what was you said you, you were getting sort of? Oh, you like finding it hard to accept that idea.
1: Oh yeah, well because okay well because you asked, um, yeah, it, it, Warhammer forty thousand and a lot of this wargaming hobby and stuff like that has a very Eurocentric uh base to it right yeah and so it's it feels like people who are not of that descendancy um there's resistance as well as female resistance as well you know what i mean like it's a very weird kind of niche community and i mean good or bad i don't know you know it's still out i mean being inclusive isn't bad so i don't know why there's so much resistance to being inclusive to everything and having an open mind and being respectful i don't understand why that is such a, a hard thing to grasp for people as well mm. um i had recently done an interview um before, oh, maybe it was a month or two ago and we were, i was helping somebody with their project and they were doing they wanted to use native american uh imagery and themes and such. And so I was contacted about it and, you know, about basically we had this discussion about, you know, uh, you know, the efficacy of, of these kinds of things and using, you know, others cultures for, you know, personal, I don't know, enjoyment, I guess. I don't know. Cause yeah, I don't man. think he's selling these things or anything like that. He's, I think he's giving them away, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I don't understand. And I, even in that video, I looked at some of the comments just recently, and there's still tons of people throwing negative comments and, yeah. you know, and it's and there's so much negativity and i mean it's it's obviously it's bigotry, but yeah you know yeah,
0: yeah no, it is i mean it's it's call it out for what it is it absolutely is bigotry. yeah because...
1: now ha- have I experienced that um yes, not so much in the uh when i was say sitting down to game or teaching a class or you know anything like that nothing mm. like that has ever been uh, overt they could have happened and i just never noticed i don't know yeah. but um no in face to face interactions people are generally pretty good now mind you as you may or may not know or be aware of um the board gaming community is tends to be a bit introverted yeah <laughs> i've noticed <laughs> and, yes, yeah and so confrontation and being confrontational in face-to-face type settings is not really something that is going to occur. No, no. Even though somebody could be a, a bigot, they're not likely to say it to your face just because of those attributes. And yeah. yeah. yeah on, on, they, on the internet and being anonymous. Oh yeah. yeah all yeah. day long, they're going to spout that hate.
0: Yeah. They've got big muscles when they're behind a keyboard. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, it's horrible that that happens and but I mean I I mean because I just from my perspective it's it's I love seeing other things brought into the hobby because you just you get a complete from like I say just from me I get a completely fresh set of eyes on things I see things in a way that I wouldn't see them before so it's I learn and I get to enjoy things that other people bring to the table and I just I'm not going to turn this into a big rant because I'm in the mood to, but I won't. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't understand people who can't enjoy that and can't, and the whole gatekeeping thing. Oh God. Oh.
1: Yeah. Gatekeeping is is another one that's kind of problematic as well. Yeah, But again, it's a, it's a niche community. And like, despite how, you know, how connected we all are on the internet, You know, as far as, you know, players and painters in the UK with players and painters in Canada and the States and, you know, all over the world, right? We're all connected and we're all, we all consider each other part of the community, which is great, right? Right. Which is great. But that community is very, very, very small in the grand scheme of things. It's very small, right? This is true. Maybe a million? Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. guess so. I mean, a million seems really high to me. But yeah, I don't know in the actually. grand scheme yeah. of things, right? But in the grand scheme of things, it, it's it's not a very big market and so when we feel these things of the negativity, the bigotry, the gatekeeping, you know, all these things, mm. it, it it feels very very pronounced and yeah. it feels very very personal. Yeah. Cuz we're such a small community. Mm. And I think that's why you get a lot of this backlash especially on like uh social media sites like twitter and stuff where yeah you know it's back and forth and it's just drama and uh, i don't have time yeah i i catch a first couple things of it i have a laugh and then i move on i do not let this stuff consume me in any way yeah again i'm more middle of the road i'm more likely if you were in a car accident i'm more likely to just drive past
0: Mm. (laughs) no great thanks
1: (laughs) That's awful. <laughs> 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 hey, he'll be fine. Walk it off. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's up. He looks alive. Yeah, yeah he's on his yeah, phone. Yeah. He's talking. He's calling AAA. Yeah, um, yeah. we're keep going.
0: No, I know. <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, I didn't mean to bring all this up, but I just it is Oh no, it's it shocks me that you know because I just I, I saw you know having things like the Thunderbird and the Bear Claw on your on your McFarlane Marine. It's just I think it's wonderful because I'd never even thought about it. And actually, the Thunderbird is much nicer looking than the Aquila in a lot of ways because it's got it's got a lot less of the sort of you know I mean you can say Eurocentric you can also say um 1930s Germany um, yeah. about the look of the Aquila um so yeah it's, 100% it's, yeah so it was nice and because you used the uh, you did the bird skull as well didn't you in the instead of yeah. the, the skull and the, the chest piece that was
1: yeah but, I wanted it to look like an eagle and I think I made it look more like a
0: raven. I thought raven, I will admit. When I first saw it, I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought raven. Because uh, yeah. I'm a crap sculptor. So. No,
1: it's not good. Look,
0: <laughs> I'm not an ornithologist. I, I can't tell you the difference. If someone said to me, is that an eagle skull or a raven skull? And it was just on the internet. I didn't have size or scale. What would I know? be like, yeah, I just could be a pelican for one night. I'd probably be able <laughs> to tell a pelican, but you know, yeah. it could be a blue tit or a, you know, yeah. or a, or a vulture. shard. Yeah. So, but no, that's, I think it's wonderful. And I love seeing different people's art and, and history and background come into the hobby and, you know, in whatever way. And I think, yeah, I, well done on that one. Cause I think it looks great. And,
1: um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I've been asked to do some of the regular heroic scale stuff in this scheme. And so I'm kind of, Toying with the idea of either making decals or getting oh, short cool, ads or something along those lines. Yeah,
0: yeah nice, nice. Well, that'd yeah. be very cool. We'll keep yeah. an eye out on those. So, um, I've there? got
1: enough marines,
0: ah, we've all got enough marines. I mean, they just, I think they just, I think if you leave a box of marines alone in the dark room, it will do it, will multiply because <laughs> you don't seem to remember. I worked this out the other day. I've got about, despite. Despite never intentionally collecting primary space marines, I've got about 75 power level of primary space marines. And it's like, that's an entire Blood Angels army. Yeah. How did yeah. they get here? I don't remember buying <laughs> these. It's, they've just sort of appeared in my house. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in
1: the same situation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Well, um, one final model to talk about, which I wanted to talk to you about, is uh you're doing some really fun things with the with the cruel boys at the moment as well. Um you're you're I, I'm rubbish at the name of Cruel Boys. It's a swamp uh, swamp boss. Swamp Boss. Okay. That's on an easy. Scum Dreck. Scum Dreck yeah. was the hard bit, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's uh, so
1: We're we're nearing the end. Well, you can't really see it that well, but he's fully assembled now, he's not on a base and I want again with this guy, uh, I wanted something different for him. So I painted it the flesh, uh very pale, almost albino. Yeah. Yeah. As as I wanted kind of a different kind of vibe, right? And so I went with very dark elements on the figure. His skin is very light. Uh, I call him the pig gator because it looks like a pig gator. I don't know. There <laughs> oh, you
0: yeah. But Why anyway, do they call yeah. it a pig gator. Pig gator is yeah. a great
1: word for it. A great <laughs> name for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so the, I have the rider as well. The rider is going to get done in s- mostly a traditional orky kind of sense, where his skin will have green hues. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go fairly light with him as well. So he's basically yeah. an albino orc with his albino mount. And, yeah. Um, so, just something different.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask because you you have said to me before that you're you're much more sci-fi than fantasy. I mean, I'm sure you're middle of the road because that's what you like, where you like being. But what I suppose what drew you to that model or that faction, if you're if you're not naturally leaning towards fantasy,
1: um, just cool looking. They they yeah. have, there's something there's something very charming about them. They have almost a classical aesthetic to them. Yes, they almost yeah. feel like the old hobgoblins. They do, uh, yeah, yes. from the chaos dwarves. Um, but. Like the one I really, really love, I don't know if I have the model, but uh, is that troll who's on all fours and he's walking. Yes. I've got one. A, I
0: love it. I love it to be. Yeah. I I got one and I messed up, painted the skin. I built a beautiful base for it and I started working on it and the skin, I just messed up a little bit. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> that was going to be like, I could have spent a year happily just working away. He's so ugly. He's beautiful.
1: He's, well, he you just, when you see him, he looks angry but you feel kind of bad for him because he's got this big thing on his back and I'm sure the orcs are probably prodding him and whipping him. And whenever they're going through the swamp, he's like, you know, just up to his eyeballs and he can't even breathe. And this poor little guy, he's just being, he's just a a mount to these brutal orcs, you know? I feel some sort of, you know, deep connection with him. Maybe I feel, you know, (laughs) it's like
0: there's a bunch of orcs on my back that are prodding (laughs) me and there's a big stone around my neck or something. I don't know, I just love that model. I think yeah, I think yeah, it, uh,
1: That's That's probably my favorite model. Well, maybe not, because I like the vulture as well.
0: Yeah, the vulture, vulture. Yeah.
1: vulture. Yeah. Like there, there's just so many good models and I mean, without sounding like a big fanboy, last couple of years of model production out of Citadel has just been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just really really fun. The Age of Sigmar line for them is just really awesome. I I don't collect a lot of the Age of Sigmar stuff. I collect currently collect uh, Deepkin for okay. Age of Sigmar, uh, as well as the the Crew Boy stuff. The crewboy stuff I'm just kind of painting. Yeah, uh, that's just for enjoyment' sake. Whereas the Deepkin, I I, play, I intend to game with them. Um, but Age of Sigmar stuff has just been so darn inventive and so much fun. Yeah, as opposed definitely. to 40k, I feel like 40k is kind of the forgotten older sibling kind of thing even though fantasy older but um yeah, yeah it feels like the older sibling that's kind of just you know he's not getting the love that you know he could be getting and no. the new baby has is getting all the love and all the praise and all the resources and all the talent
0: and well you know i, I mean? do yeah it's, it's definitely i think it's just because it's fresh ground right i mean it's uh, yes. that's what i imagine yes. it's um when when you tear up a world you can be like okay make it how
1: you want whereas and honestly, I think that was probably the better move. Yeah, to just rip the bandaid and just do it. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was a lot of backlash. There was it was heated for a while. Crazy people came right out of the woodwork and destroyed their armies and stuff like that. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, I think it was for the better because, yeah, because fantasy fantasy battle was stagnant. It was. It, stagnant. it was. Was wasn't mean- going anywhere. And- Except we've
0: already we already came up with a solution for it in that you have a, a mob of thirty gene stealers you know that would that would wake it up right <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how yeah. you fix it <laughs> yeah just just like bring in the zotes the gene stealers and you know what I mean and a and a slan yeah and, you know have yourself a invasion army it's just some sort of demonic monster thing they don't know what to call it so they're just, they're just demon monster things
0: demon monsters i mean that's pretty much what the empire calls it, everything anyway i mean it's probably yeah they called orcs it's
1: you know yeah well because like one of the biggest things i found with like the age of sigmar uh is that the like wh- how why i keep getting on to this talking point is that in warhammer fantasy you would not have had the deep kid you no. would not have had that faction flying fish dudes that like what is that people like people would instantly hate it yeah, yeah. instantly hate it and it wouldn't work. right but in age of sigmar every any sky's the limit it's completely crazy it's just realms and dimensions and and really again it, you know to beat the same horse they can easily open a dimension that is the 40k universe and all of a sudden space marines and stuff are you know fighting against whoever right i mean just whatever kind of crazy yeah yeah you know and again too also the parallels between how the games work because fantasy and 40k when they first came out they were very very similar and it wasn't until what like fifth sixth edition when they started to diverge as far as the rules were concerned and how yeah. the mechanics worked yeah yeah and since eighth edition they come back together right the, the rules are very very close at first they were now it doesn't seem quite as much Age of Sigmar is the way they do their profiles and stuff, it's kind of, I mean, it looks different because it's got the little wheel signal and, you know, all that stuff. And Yeah. yeah. It, they're fairly close as far as like rules compatibility. Like it's not much of a stretch to work out how you can charge and shoot and, you know, things of that nature.
0: Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's, um,
1: yeah. But um, that's just the kind of crazy crap I think of.
0: No, I like it. I like it. More, more people thinking of crazy crap, the better, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chris, I'm, I'm aware that I have, I have taken up a lot of your valuable time already. Um, so I'm going to finish off with a couple of quick questions. Okay. Um, first off. I've, I've had fun. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you've had fun. That's, that's, that was the main thing. You know, it's. Hopefully uh, everybody
1: that's listening is having fun as well.
0: Well, we, ha- we, ha- we can only hope. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get feedback one way or the other. <laughs> Um, whether you ask for it or not whether I ask for it or not no I, I don't mind feedback because I, I you can say yeah bring me your feedback if I don't like it I can always ignore it um, no <laughs> I don't I don't think like that you know constructive as long as it's constructive it's fine sure if yep. it's, you know if the feedback is just you suck then it's like well screw <laughs> you buddy um, so yeah uh, so all right Okay. what's your favorite color of paint
1: um, a deep, deep red. So if I was picking Citadel, it'd be Mephiston red. Yeah. Uh, if it was any other paint, it would be Nifal red. Although Nifal red is more of a mid-tone red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mephiston red, yeah, th- there's not a lot of paints that have that hue. Yeah. Uh, where it is a bit deeper uh, mm-hmm. red, right? It's it's a it's a red with, like, probably 1% of blue in it, just to deepen it up a bit and bring it down. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Give you just a bit richer red. It's almost color blood. and mm-hmm. You can read from that whatever you want. No,
0: no, I get. It. I, I'm saying the and red reminds me of like Ferraris in the 1990s mm. and Marlboro cigarettes. So, you know, that's...
1: yeah, and, and and it's and it and it's a big influence on how I paint my army because my Eldar every vehicle is glossy red like a Ferrari. Yeah, nice. So nice, and there's no battle damage on my army. Yeah. So. Nice you know. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. And then uh, my final quick question, um, what would be, if you could paint one model this year, absolute pie in the sky, completely your choice. doesn't have to be one that we know is in production. It can be complete fantasy, your own fantasy model, not necessarily a fancy model. It could be your own fantasy science fiction model. Um, but what's, what would be the one model that you would like to paint this year? If you, if you possibly could.
1: Oh man there's so many um jeez I, I don't know I don't even know there's, there's, there's just so many there's so many great models there's a lot there's so many companies now that yeah. produce really great models uh even uh independents you know creating mm-hmm. STL files for printers and stuff like that and some of those things are fantastic oh, and, they are. yeah yeah you know, so like, man, we, we are really living in a, a spoiled kind of time as far as choices and availability of all these really fantastic things. I, there, there's a few models that have been on my list for a long time. There was, uh, I have it. It was sent to me by, by somebody um, when I initially was independent. And mm-hmm. uh, it is an old uh Kumin, you're not figure. Uh, 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 and i'm pretty sure it's an elf on an owl and they're riding and i always loved that version from uh mike mcveigh with the war dancer on the eagle yeah yeah of course yeah i i always loved that one and and that one too also had a bit a very heavy native american vibe so maybe that's why i was drawn to it but yeah um the owl and rider uh from coolman you're not yeah that's that's one that's been on my list for a long time i've always wanted to get that one uh the other one is probably like uh from uh privateer press uh from um from um it's hordes the uh circle of orbros the big eagle oh right cool remember what that thing's called but it's such a pretty looking sculpt it's very very simple in its details yes but its composition and the way it flows it looks like it, it doesn't look out of place if you painted it like a phoenix or just glowing and just you know just magnificent, right? Yeah. And so that one immediately when I saw that model, I never acquired one. I don't. I don't play circle, and but I I like the model. It's just, sometimes you know there's still models that will just capture me for oh, whatever yeah, yeah. reason, you know. And um, yeah, a lot of times within 40k, I'm usually very biased because I want Eldar. Mm-hmm. Now finally, finally starting to happen. Yeah. So everything else in 40k, yeah, it just doesn't compare, especially to like the, a lot of the Age of Sigmar stuff, right? Like that big bull dude for the... the oh, the uh,
0: Lumineth Realm Lords. The- yeah, yeah. He's
1: got a big mountain on his back. And yeah. that model is like, it's ridiculous, but I love it. It's so much mm-hmm. fun. Even though it's kind of a very static looking pose to it. It just kind of fits because he's got a freaking mountain on his back. I mean, what's he gonna do? You know, backflips? He's got a mountain. On his no, he's gonna be freaking standing there with a big rock on his back, right? So,
0: yeah, I like the idea that he's backflipping with a mountain on his back, and there's just two tiny little hikers on the mountain falling down into the abyss. You ever, like, no. Did you ever watch uh, Prices Right? Uh, Yes, but the UK. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you A little mountaineer. here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. <laughs> too much and he falls off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when, <laughs> when when that mountain is on the back of a giant bull statue that's doing a backflip, you know, yeah. it flies off a bit more easy. Um, I, honestly,
1: I I have I, like man, I could go on and on and on and on about models because um sometimes there's some uh, creators out there who are producing stuff that teeters on infringement but mm-hmm. man I would love to get my hands on some of the stuff that they're doing even though it, you know, sometimes it feels a little unethical
0: yeah I know
1: um, oh, well at, at the risk of getting us in trouble but there's a, a creator out there who is uh, making larger format Battlefleet gothic ships and he did Eldar ones right from mm, the yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's infringing. I think I'd like I'd like to duplicate my fleet uh, from Battlefleet Gothic because I still have all my Eldar. That's yeah, nice. Um, I would love to duplicate yeah, the, in yeah. a large format. Although, mind you, it would take up like my whole office having all these ships hang around because I've got like my Eldar fleet's pretty big.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: Well, and... yeah, still, why not? know he's got to fill your but office anyways, up but- with something, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, like it's just it's just some of those things. It's like, oh, I just want to, you know, just do it. And it's kind of like my model kits, like my Star Wars Bandai stuff, or even Gundams and things like that. Like it's man, like yeah, not enough time. I need I need I need the ability to clone myself. Oh, that's so like, a trick. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I can have you know uh like uh, I can have a bitch, Chris. Who do who does the assembly stuff? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, a, there you a bitch, go. Chris, who does the priming, and then a bitch, Chris, who does the base coating, and then the bitch, Chris, who does the highlighting. And you know what I mean? And-
0: All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? That's how that works for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could. There could be a version of me that just like does my real job, and then like, <laughs> and then I'd be free. I'd be free. just one clone of me would be fine. Just like, <laughs> sorry, clone John, you're gonna have to like make us money. You know. Yeah. So you sit the man in front of, of the that house. computer all day. I'm, I'm in the office building Space Marines and, and painting them. So that'll be me. Uh, Chris, this has been wonderful. Um, it's been great to talk to you. Um, yeah. And it's lovely to see your face again because it's been too long. And um, It has been a while. Yeah. And, well, I uh, hope to see you again soon, speak to you again soon. And thank you very much for being a guest on uh, My Life in Minis. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, man, I was going to use a euphemism, but
0: never mind. I'm not... No, hey, you said it now. What, what, what's, what, what euphemisming
1: are you doing? Uh, popping the...
0: Oh, yeah, no, I, I was going to do that one in it as well. But I was going to do it in the outro that I'll record after this. So, you know, that was, yeah. I mean, thanks for stealing my thunder.
2: Oh, great. shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God, come on, Chris. Like, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. So uh, so there you go. That was my chat with Chris. And um, I i mean, from A, that was, uh, from my perspective, I sounded way worse then than I do now because I've been sat here for a couple of hours editing this whole thing, so I think I sound better now than I did then, which is a plus, so that means I'm on the mend. That's great. Secondly, that was lovely. I love talking to Chris. You know, he's such a nice guy, and that voice, that it's it's weird when you see me on the because i'm looking at the like equalizer on the editing software at the moment and my voice sort of spikes all over the place and chris has got this very low deep voice that just sort of goes through like this and it's i love it i love it. i could listen to him all day i need i need to get him to record him just like reading me a nursery rhyme or something because then you know it'll help me sleep um but yeah, I hope you found that interesting. I hope it was fun. I hope we were a bit of uh, enjoyable company while you were clipping or painting or gluing or, or whatever you were doing. Um, I have some notes for myself. Um, I say yeah a lot, don't I? Yep, I know I do. I know I do. Because it was kind of like a phone conversation. It was always like a chat between friends, and that's how I would chat to my friend. But um I don't know. If, if, you, if you didn't like it, if you think that I, I said yeah too much, or yeah, because apparently my voice goes really high-pitched sometimes, um, then let me know. Let me know, and uh, we can sort that out in the future. If you, if you think I said yeah the right amount of times, then we're all good. Uh, you can just tell me that. That's fine. Um, how do you find Chris online? Well, you can go to wayofthebrush.com. Uh, where there's some fantastic content on there. He's also got his uh, YouTube channel and his Twitch channel. I will put links to these. There's a new part of heresyandheroes.com, where, uh, which is called the MLIM. Um, that's the other name for it. still on the fence about whether to use it. Uh, there's a MLIM section of heresyandheroes.com. I will put links to where you can find Chris online. Um, give him a follow, say hello to him because he is legitimately wonderful and uh, if you just want to spend like a whole day just uh, just chilling out listening to his voice, he paints some miniatures and, and, and talks to people online I'd suggest hitting up his Twitch channel um, and do check out that McFarlane scale space marine it's, it's absolutely stunning, I love it to bits um, but yeah so that was that was episode one I think uh, currently clocking in at 1 minute 15, 32, 33. So yeah, that's about the right sort of time length. Um, I'm hoping to have another guest for next week. I've got a few people who have said yes. They're interested in doing it. Uh, so we're going to see see what we get with them. I've, I've got to make time for them and, and they've got to make time for me because I'm asking a lot. They're people taking time out of the day. Um, but the next time you hear me, I will be... Less full of snot, so I'll sound better. And uh, so you you know, like if you if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the first season is like yeah, it's kind of weird, and then they bring Danny DeVito in for the second season, and it gets much better. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen when I when I lose the snot. Episode two is just going to be so so much better. But um, do you know what I I know what I said in the intro as well. But I'm drinking a beer right now. Because, like I said, I, I spent two hours sat in front of this removing. Do you know what I've been doing for two hours? I've been removing Chris and I sneezing and coughing and going, you know, because we were, we were sick when we were doing this. And Chris is, I think, still a bit ill. So send him your good, your positive thoughts because, um, you know, he, he's a good guy and we don't want him to be ill. Um, but, yeah, so I'm having a beer because I'm a firm believer in a little bit of what you fancy does you good. So I'm having a Punk IPA from Brewdog right now, and uh, I've then got to resist drinking the other seven in the fridge. But I, I'll, you know, it's, it's Saturday, and you know, maybe it'll make me feel better. But anyway, uh, that's it. I think um, so. Last thing, uh, like I said, you can find me on Twitter at Heresy Heroes. Come say hello. Um, love seeing good hobby. Uh, find me on heresyandheroes.com where you'll find lots of news and painting stuff and uh, whatever else comes out of my own personal hobby and, and stuff like that and uh, hopefully fingers crossed if we get the time in there'll be another episode for you to enjoy next week uh, so enjoy my horrible plinky plunky outro music and I shall see you soon happy hobbying onwards